Are you ready for the end of the world? Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. I pretty much, you know, every Friday about this time. This is your community spirit on your community radio station. We bring the community to you. So... I was playing the Sunrise, or Sun Song, so I've been playing that one a lot because, well, usually just when it's cloudy. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's actually for a while there, it was pretty sunny, but now it's been cloudy a few days. Yeah, it's like, and, alright, let's get into it. Did you know you could vote early? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I went and voted yesterday. Vote early, vote often. That's yeah. what I always say. Just remember, there's there's two places you can vote. I went to the courthouse. Um, if you go into the courthouse, don't bring any guns or, <laughs> you know, I had my pocket knife with me. Yeah. And so the, he, it was so funny because where the, um, whatever the metal detector is, uh-huh. I only had to, I had to walk like ten feet, and there was a table set up in the lobby to vote. <laughs> yeah. But I had to, you know, give my pocket knife to the the sheriff, and then, I think it was the sheriff, and then vote, and then, you know, <laughs> he gave me back my pocket knife, and if I wanted to, I could have just turned around and then, yeah, <laughs> you know, went wherever I want. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it was actually very easy. Um, you can, they will be at the courthouse until next Friday. And um, from 8 until 4. And so you can go in there and vote early. As they say, what? Vote early, vote often. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, otherwise, in Carbondale, you can vote at the Civic Center until next Thursday from 9 till 3. And I don't think you have to go through a metal detector there. Uh, so uh, no. it, it, It's a little easier, and that's at the Civic Center. Yeah. That's what the ladies at the courthouse told me. So... Feel free to go vote. If you are not registered in this area, you can request um, an absentee ballot to your area, and they will mail it to you. Or you can just go home for a little bit, a few days, and rest up, visit some folks. Vote vacation. Yeah, vote vacation. Yeah. Go on a vote vacation. So I wanted to let everybody know about that. You were talking about a website. Oh, yeah. It's... uh www.electoral-vote.com And it, what what's so special about it? It's interesting because they track uh, the projections of which state is going to go to which candidate. And then, like, you know, they even added recently there's an animation, like, showing, like, over May, June, July, August, September, October, you know, how it's all changed. <laughs> now, do they include third-party candidates? Um, I think they don't right now. I think maybe early on, like, when it was still... Like, in the running, like, you know, the primaries and such, uh-huh. they might have... I don't remember what it was like back then, but now it's just between uh, uh, McCain and uh, Obama. Okay. <laughs> Good deal. And so you can look at it and see what the projected polls say. Yeah. Do you think the polls lead the people? I don't know. I think maybe to an extent, but... Um, uh, well, poll, polls are an interesting thing anyway. 
because different poles say different things, even if they're taken like at the same time. One pole will say, "Oh, you know, such and such is ten points ahead." And then the well, next they one only will do say, like a thousand people. Yeah, they just randomly call a thousand people, and if you think about it, first of all, it's the people who will answer the phone, mm-hmm. and um, so I mean that's one criteria. And the second criteria is someone who will answer honestly. (laughs) So they just randomly shoot it out to a thousand people and hope they get, you know, a pretty decent return. Yeah. There's actually some interesting math behind the idea of polling because, like, if you take a thousand people, like, you know, the the more people you take, the less likely it is that you're going to get a skewed sample. Like, because it may, a thousand may not seem like a lot to gauge you know, the opinion of the entire public. But if, like, it would be extremely odd if you're truly randomly calling someone and they all ended up being for one candidate. Right. Like, it would be almost impossible for that to happen by chance. (laughs) So they're pretty, like, they're not as accurate as some people want to say, but there is sense to it. (laughs) Yeah. But, again, if they're honest. Yeah, if they're honest, yeah, that's one issue you have to look at. I mean, think about it. If someone called you... And wanted to know about something as volatile as, I mean, how do you know it's really a pollster? It could be your neighbor calling you to find out what you want. Yeah, or it could be, you know, uh, people who are going to take you away to Guantanamo for, <laughs> you know, you, they, they say the two candidates and you mention uh, one of the other candidates, the independents, and then they say, oh, okay. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like a little box on the <laughs> their sheet. Yep. Send over the van. Check the person again later. <laughs> so... There's a few happenings today. One of the p- biggest, most profound happenings, the fact that this is um, Violence Awareness Month mm-hmm. or Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I think violence as a whole month. Yeah. But domestic violence, and today is Take Back the Night. Take Back the Night begins at the Interface Center in Carbondale today, which, in case you didn't know it, is October 24th. Time flies. So at the Interface Center at 5 p.m., activities begin at 5 p.m. for women, men, and children. They pl- What they do is they have a safe space for um, women and a safe space for men so they can talk. Um, let's see. The m- actual march starts at 7 p.m. and will conclude at the Town Square Pavilion with the Clothesline Project display, a keynote speaker, music, and an opportunity for people to speak out against domestic and sexual violence. Today is Take Back the Night. Yep, it's very important. I uh, actually won't be able to make it this year because I'll be out of town, but uh, I make it most years because it's so important. And it is, like like we talked about the past week or two when we mentioned the events for this month, you know, it's an issue that people who aren't, you know, directly the targets of it can sort of not see it happening, that it doesn't exist. But then when you have the march to show people's strength, then that shows what an important issue it is and what we can do about it. And I think it's kind of like... Well, the primary focus of Take Back the Night is to empower people to feel strong enough to, well, to actually talk about their feelings and the fact that there are other people who are having problems too, and together you can, well, get together and talk about it. So. Yeah. 
What else we got happening? Remember, if you have a happening, please email it to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yeah, so you can email it to me at treesong at treesong.org. And if you want to make sure it happens, email it to both of us. Because we're the happening guys and we make sure it happens. Yeah. Right? <laughs> when we say it on here, it happens. <laughs> so in other happenings, uh, big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. And uh, in case you're still waking up, today is October 24th. And uh, today's film is Crude. The oral age we now take for granted began less than 150 years ago and could be over in our lifetime. Crude oil is extracted from the earth at an unimaginable rate, and our society's thirst for it is seemingly unquenchable. But where did it come from? What exactly is it? How much is there? How has it changed us? This History Channel documentary thoroughly answers these and many other questions in the sweeping journey through the 160 million year history of crude. So, uh, gonna show some crude movies over at the IFC. <laughs> They're at uh, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Uh, 7 o'clock is the start of the showtime for that. And uh, next week, just to let you know, th- it will be the end of October, October 31st, and the film is Cover Up. As we head toward election 2008, we may be faced with an October surprise. Mm-hmm. So, if you, we could do well to recall our history about the 1980 October Surprise. This film by former Carbondale community organizer Barbara Trent exposed the October Surprise hostage deal. The Reagan-Bush campaign deal with Iran to delay the release of 52 American hostages until after the 1980 election and is the only film that puts the entire Iran-Contra affair into a meaningful political and historical context. So, mark your calendars for next week for that film. Yes. So. That's hop- happening on, actually, Halloween, October 31st. Yeah. So spooky Halloween happenings in the political <laughs> realm. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to do some kind of Halloween theme for next week, huh? Yeah. So. I guess it's a week to prepare for it. We, we can do we'll it. We'll see. We'll see. Huh? <laughs> we'll see if we remember. Um, I also want to remind you at the Independent Media Center, there is Saturday morning cartoons, which are on Sunday. Yes. (laughs) The reason they're on Sunday is so you can watch your regular Saturday morning cartoons and then go on Sunday and see the ones from Begone Days. Yes, the the classics. (laughs) Yeah. So relive your childhood every Sunday from 10 until 3 at the Big Muddy IMC. Hey, that rhymes. <laughs> which is at, um, which is on North Washington Street. So yeah, and it's open for both. You know, if you have a kid of your own now, you could bring the kid along to come and watch it. If you're just someone who grew up around, you know, some of these cartoons, and you want to see them again, you can come in to watch it too. I'll and fall into that second category. And it's a big screen. <laughs> it's like a ten by ten screen. Yeah, it's bigger than your television set at home, presumably. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to think about it because mine is, no. <laughs> so, let's get into the news. But first. That might be my news music. <laughs> I don't know yet. 
Um, this is a quick top story. Cluck and cover. California's Proposition 2 spurs big bucks battle over farm animal treatment. California's Proposition 2, which will come before the state's voters on November 4th, would require that egg-laying hens, pregnant pigs, and veal calves be housed in a way that allows them to lie down, stand up, and turn around. This might sound like just a small step toward the humane treatment of animals, but both supporters and opponents say it's actually a very big deal. In fact, the tussle over the ballot initiative is so high profile that it has attracted interest from folks as diverse as T-Bone Pickens and Oprah Winfrey. That is Cluck and Cover. Yes, we sometimes have some really funny titles about serious issues. Let's see if I can find another serious issue that has a funny title. Today's news, whatever gets your rocks off. Feds boost geothermal energy development. Here's some steamy action. That's right. The Department of Interior on Wednesday announced plans to open up 97 million acres of public land in 12 states to geothermal energy development. The plan would more than quadruple the U.S.'s current output of underground heat power, potentially generating enough electricity to power 5.5 million homes by 2015 and 12 million by 2025. Some national forest land could be leased under the plan, though national parks, including Geyserful um, Yellowstone, are off-limits. Kempthorne praised geothermal energy as, quote, a renewable resource that generates electricity with minimal carbon emissions and reduces the need for conventional energy sources, end quote. Indeed, you'll note that geothermal energy needs no qualifier unlike clean coal and safe clean nuclear power. Straight to the source, U.S. Department of the Interior, Reuters, Associated Press, and the Deseret News Service. Yeah. Now, it's hard to tell this sometimes in a radio uh, story, but clean coal and safe clean nuclear power had air quotes around them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to qualify it. I mean, you, when you say geothermal or you say solar, you don't have to, like, put extra words in front mm-hmm. of it to try to make it seem like something it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. This is a good point. Let's see. Clean, sustainable solar. You don't have to say that. Yeah, it's redundant. You just say solar. Yeah, you just say solar. <laughs> but you have to say clean coal. Have you ever... S- Lately, a lot of people are just saying clean coal or safe nuclear power. Yeah. <laughs> clean safe. That's because they know that it's, people know what it is and they know that it's destructive. So they've got to modify it and say, no, no, this is, this is the good stuff. Well, the truth, <laughs> the truth I'm going to punch you in the face with some truth here, is if we don't use less energy... We're going to have to ramp up one of those. We're going to have to do more nuclear power because we're increasing our energy usage exponentially and we're not increasing our production. Our production is actually going down because a lot of old plants are going offline and they can't build new ones. So permits for nuclear power are being put forth because... We're not producing enough energy. So the only way to produce less energy is to use less. So Yeah, so energy efficiency. 
Yeah. Big issue there. <laughs> yep. A little punch in your face there. Uh, mm-hmm. The truth. Yes. Uh, and we actually had a caller who uh, heard us talk about the polls for you know who's going to win which electoral votes and all that, and they wanted to point out that they've uh, that they they say that studies have shown that conservatives are actually less likely to answer the phone polls, and that that can slant. You know, if the polls say someone who's not the conservative is leading, then that could be misleading because conservatives may just be hanging up and saying, well, we're not interested in your poll. Right, or mm-hmm. not answering. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So just because, you know, that's that's one of those things that we were talking about that can shape the outcome of a poll. Just because it says that, you know, say a liberal-leaning candidate is in the lead doesn't mean it's actually the case. <laughs> okay. Thanks for calling in about that information. Yeah. So everyone should get out and vote to voice their perspectives. <laughs> yeah, because there's a few people who still feel the need to rant and rave, but they don't vote. And truth, in my mind, voting is definitely the opiate of the masses. <laughs> you make you If you vote, you feel like you've accomplished something, but there's a lot more stuff you can do to accomplish stuff besides just vote yeah well there's this there was this campaign last election that i wrote about on my blog that is uh called don't just vote to get active like you know they people debate sometimes like oh is it worth it to vote is it not well i i think you know you may as well vote since you're fortunate enough to have that right and if you believe that's not enough you know to just participate once in democracy every four years then you can don't just vote to get active right you could do other stuff for the remaining Oh, let's see, 365 times 4. <laughs> it's too early for that math right now. It's, um, and the thing is, is you don't have to just vote on one day anymore. Now, you can't you can't vote up to the actual day because they take a few days off. Yeah. But you can vote until next Friday. So. Yeah. You have a whole week to vote plus the election vote. Man, it's, it's. It's only like a week and a half. Uh, yeah, it's coming up quick. Not, you know? Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> so, will the whole world change all of a sudden magically because of a vote? Stay tuned. Yes. In other news, uh, a read for speed. Bush administration will rush review of comments on endangered species plan. Bush administration will carefully consider the 200,000 non-form letter comments it received on its recent plan to muck with the Endangered Species Act. And by carefully consider, we mean 15 reviewers will chug through all of them in just four eight-hour days. (laughs) That doesn't seem like quite enough, really. That means each reviewer, each minute, must peruse seven comments, some of which are ten pages long. Let's hear it for thoroughness. And speaking of endangered species... Earth is gearing up to lose so many species that scientists must pick which ones are most important to save. Nearly 50% of plant and animal species could go kaput with, within current Earthlings' lifetimes, says new research published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Now let me repeat that one. Nearly 50% of plant and animal species could go kaput. Why do you have to repeat that? Just to be clear, you know, if you're, if you're starting to fall asleep because someone's talking, you know... Well, people don't want to hear real things. <laughs> uh, maybe they don't want to, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're we're not a show about talking about real issues here. We're supposed to be funny and upbeat. 
Yeah, but we we sugarcoat it a little with l- little bits of humor about it. But sometimes you gotta punch them in the face, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> so our wake up our wake up call for the day is that nearly fifty percent of plant and animal species could go kaput within current Earthlings' lifetimes, says new research published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. The study, which focused on flowering plants, uh, th- those aren't important. Flowering plants. When do you ever see any of those? Uh, it concluded that genetically unique species are most important to save. It's better to build you up, Buttercup, than keep Miss Daisy from being driven away. Now you have to repeat that one. <laughs> it's better to build you up, Buttercup, than to keep Miss Daisy from being driven away. A little, little mixed metaphor there. There you go. You're talking definitely about... There's a little sugar coating on the fact that a lot of it, a lot of species are going to disappear. Yeah, driving Miss Daisy right off the cliff there. <laughs> Straight to the source, uh, Associated Press, Live Science, and Environmental News Service. Now, if you feel the need to drive a car, which, in case you didn't know, will probably be extinct in the next 20 years, as in personal vehicles, but if you feel the need to drive a car, the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, released the 2009 Fuel Economy Guide. The Department of Energy and the U.S. EPA unveiled the 2009 Fuel Economy Guide last week, providing consumers with detailed information about the fuel economy, the carbon footprint, and the air pollution score for model year 2009 vehicles, as well as information about hybrids, alternative fuel vehicles, electric vehicles, and fuel cell vehicles. For mainstream vehicles, the Toyota Prius continues to lead the pack in terms of fuel economy sharing the top 10 list with six other hybrids, including three Ford hybrids that tied for fourth place. The t- the Smart 4.2 convertible and the Coupe tied for fifth place, joining the Toyota Yaris, which is not a hybrid, just a straight-up gas vehicle, as the top-ranking small cars. In addition, the manual and automatic transmission versions of the diesel-fueled Volkswagen Jetta and Volkswagen Jetta Sports Wagon landed in 7th and 8th place, marking the debut of the clean diesel vehicles in the top 10 list. For the first time, the Fuel Economy Guide also includes a version for mobile users, allowing people to easily check the Fuel Economy estimated annual fuel cost and carbon footprint of cars they shop. The EPA has also updated its Green Vehicle Guide, which provides information about the fuel economy, air pollution emissions, and greenhouse gas emissions for specific models and configurations of vehicles. Because some versions of vehicles are only available in certain states, the Green Vehicle Guide also allows consumers to search by state. Did you know that certain vehicles are only uh, available in certain states? Like like really high... Um, quality vehicles that pollute a lot less, mm-hmm. they target in areas that have high pollution. Huh, yeah, that's a good idea. And so it's not available en- everywhere, but it's definitely available in those areas because yeah. in some cases it's mandated, but in some cases, you know, people are having a hard time breathing. So mm-hmm. Yeah. The 50-state clean diesels also has uh, three vehicles from Mercedes-Benz and the first clean vehicles offered in the United States. 
Because these are the first clean diesel vehicles offered in the United States, meeting the federal requirements for, quote, advanced lean burn technology motor vehicles, they qualified for federal tax credits ranging from $900 to $1,800. So you can see the EPA's green vehicle guide in the list of tax credits for clean diesels on the Fuel Economy website, which is fueleconomy.gov. Or you can also go to epa.gov slash green vehicles for the list of, well, green vehicles. Mm-hmm. So um, these are only, of course, vehicles that are actually available. And, of course, most of them are mainstream vehicles. There's other ones that are available that you can buy that um, are called bicycles. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So... Any other headline you want to read before we say adu, adu, adu? Oh, uh, yeah. We can get to the very beginning of this one. Uh, begging for exchange. U.S. agrees to debt for nature swap to preserve Peru rainforests. Well, that sounds like a good idea to me because, you know, I remember, like, with the WTO and other groups, they did these structural adjustment programs that sort of destroyed environmental and labor and social programs. But the idea here is that They've, they've agreed to forgive $25 million of debt in exchange for, uh, like, the, Peru will fund local non-governmental organizations to protect the rainforest. <laughs> so that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be nice if they forgave a lot of that debt anyway, since, you know, uh, first world powers caused so much harm in these regions, but... <laughs> I guess if they're going to use the debt as some sort of leverage, at least they're using it to do positive things rather than destroy people's lives. <laughs> All right, our final um, news article, Deal or No Deal? <laughs> UN Initiative Urges Green Global Economy. Fear not, the eco- economic food and climate crisis can be tackled in one fell swoop, says the United Nations Environmental Program. If you would like more information about this, um, email me. Um, info at yourcommunityspirit.org or go on to the United Nations Environmental Program. Mm -hmm. This has been Your Community Spirit live and I guess in your face this week, huh? Yes, live, local, in your face. (laughs) A little cold. We were getting riled up there. The cold got our blood running. (laughs) If you would like to uh, comment, send us money, kudos, um, we do have a website, yourcommunityspirit.org, and yes, please send us money because, um, no, you can send us bad things too because it keeps us straight and happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stay warm. Yeah.